Jesus' sojourn in the wilderness resonates with our wilderness experiences, each unique, each transformative, and each one revealing our own weakness, temptations, and God's grace in response. Like Jesus, we discover in the wilderness that we are indeed ultimately reliant on God's word to sustain our lives. S.D. Cantor reflects on Jesus in the wilderness in this sermon delivered on the first Sunday of Lent, February 25th, 2007. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, reading about Jesus' experience in the wilderness and his many temptations reminds me that even with his divine ability to resist temptation. He was, after all, human. And to be human is to be tempted. Jesus was tempted three times by the devil in his wilderness journey. And all of us in our lives' journey are tempted many, many times to betray the Christ that is within all of us. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, relied unfailingly on his beloved scripture. Man cannot live by bread alone, he responds to the first temptation of the devil. If he had finished the quote, which is from Deuteronomy, he would have said, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is proving himself once again to be following to the letter the ancient Jewish teachings. The quotes that he uses to respond to the other temptations are immediately after the part in Deuteronomy called the Shema, which is the central prayer of ancient Jewish piety and still is today. It goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Jesus is faithful to the teaching and he survives to the very end of his wilderness trek with the Shema intact and still ringing in his ears. What we need, what we try to create in our Lenten journey is a kind of a void, a kind of a wilderness into which we hope and pray some meaning, something sacred will come. We all wander through our various wildernesses and we sort of scan the horizon looking for some snatch of meaning, some answer, or something that we can hold on to, sort of like a sailor does when he's lost at sea, looking for a glimpse of land. Well, one wilderness sojourn I read of recently touched me as being as close to Jesus' enforced sojourn in the wilderness as any I could think of. It's a true story, and like Jesus' experience, it's full of the holiness of the Spirit, it's full of wilderness, it's full of danger, and it's full of temptation. Very early, one October morning, three fishermen cast off into the sea with great hopes for a wonderful catch of fish. They were dark, sturdy men of very simple tastes and little education. They were very much like those Galilean fishermen who soon dropped their nets to become fishers of women and men. 
They were men of faith, and every year they would participate in a special festival in honor of the Virgin of Guadalupe. They would throw roses and tiny plastic crowns into the water to entice the saints to protect them while they were away at sea. And as if there were not enough religious overtones to this story, the names of the three fishermen were Salvatore, Savior, Lucio, the Light, and, of course, Jesus, Jesus. They were hired by a captain that knew very little about fishing, and he brought along a sidekick who knew even less. But the three fishermen were very experienced indeed. They had only planned on a three-day fishing trip, so they brought very little with them. In fact, the most experienced of all, Salvatore, brought only a comb, a mirror, a pair of scissors, a knife, and a Bible. Jesus was the only one that brought a compass, and none of them thought to bring a cell phone, a radio, a life jacket, or a single oar. After an unexpected storm ripped away their huge and very valuable fishing net, the captain made his first mistake. He decided they should continue to look for the net worth something like $1,500, a fortune for them, and use up all of their fuel in doing so rather than returning to shore. At the end of that time, they expected that some other boat, of course, would rescue them. But it turns out that in the etiquette of Mexican fishermen, they leave a great deal of space between ships so that their huge nets won't tangle. And no one understood that they were in such jeopardy. The captain's friend, who had refused to speak to anyone but the captain, stopped speaking to anyone, rolled up in a ball, and began to cry. Just as they were all sure that they would die of thirst, a fine mist began to drift down on them which turned to a real rain. It continued to rain on and off for their entire journey, just enough for them to survive on. Salvatore, the most devout of the three fishermen, said that with the falling of that first rain, he understood that God was with him. God would protect them all. They would not die. And God would provide them with everything that they needed. And in fact, God did. After they'd had no food at all for 13 days, the manna from heaven appeared in the shape of a giant sea turtle off the bow. Salvatore, without hesitation, leapt into the sea, grabbed onto the top of this huge beast, and kept hold even as this turtle, rather diabolically, dove down for the depths. But Salvatore somehow wrestled him back up to the surface, and Lucio and Jesus helped him haul this huge beast onto the boat, and they had their first meal. The captain and his friend, who were of finer tastes, refused to eat the raw turtle meat and began to sicken. On December 12th, the feast of the Virgin of Guadalupe, the second turtle appeared. And by that time, Lucio and Jesus began to believe, as Salvatore did, that God was saving them, giving them the food they needed, bringing them the water. The other two then began devoutly to read Salvatore's Bible and pray with him. Salvatore kept track, and by the end of the journey, they had feasted on 108 divinely provided sea turtles. The captain and his friend again tried to eat the meat, but this time they still couldn't. Lucia came down with an ear infection. The captain and his friend were both sick. And so the others kept as, both they could, as best they could a little sick bay on deck. They rinsed their mouths out with water. They kept them warm and do whatever they could. Lucia soon recovered, but the captain and his friend did not. With amazing resourcefulness, the fishermen took apart the motor, which had ceased to work, and they took out of it wires for fishing line, screws, and other little parts to make uh, hooks. 
and they fished and they caught fish prodigiously. They ate dogfish, sharks, sawfish, and dorado. They began to catch so much that they had a surplus and they learned to dry it on the sun on the deck of the ship. Still, the captain and his friend could not eat the plenty that was given to them by God. The captain's friend continued to cry constantly, and although the fishermen tried to console him, it was of no use. After they had been at sea for three months, the captain died, and his friend succumbed soon afterward. Salvatore, Lucio, and Jesus gave them a three-day wake and a funeral with singing of hymns and readings from the Bible. They then slowly and respectfully lowered them into the sea, feet first. During March, during Lent, the ordinarily cheerful Jesus began to become extremely morose. He realized that when he left his pregnant wife, her due date was about this time, and perhaps he would never see his child. So he cried himself to sleep every night, and finally Lucio had had enough. He snapped at him one night before they went to sleep, you are crying just like a woman. Jesus snapped back at him, well, at least I have a baby and a wife to cry about. You have nothing. Their very frayed nerves ignited into a fury. Salvatore, who slept between them because of his stabilizing abilities, was able to calm them down. And although they moved to opposite ends of the boat, they did not speak to each other for some time. Eventually, they made up. Finally, Lucio approached Jesus and apologized. Jesus forgave him and the incident was forgotten. Soon after that, they realized that they had survived at sea longer than anyone they had ever heard of. And since they still believed they would be saved, they celebrated together, probably around Easter. Salvatore continued to read the Bible to the others, and he would sometimes sing hymns. By now, all three had formed a habit of kneeling and praying twice a day. Jesus even persuaded the other two that if they were rescued, they should all quit drinking alcohol as a penitent gift to God, and they all agreed. In August, they were rescued by a fishing boat 600 miles from Majuro, which is 2,700 miles northeast of Australia and 5,000 miles from their home port in Mexico. They had sustained the loss of two companions, overcome their own battles, and survived on nothing but fish, turtles, rainwater, scripture, and prayer for nine months on the open sea. How did these fishermen survive their wilderness journey? Their temptations were many. They were tempted to jump off the high pinnacle of the boat so many miles above the sea floor. They were tempted to give in to bickering and bitterness, and they almost came to blows. They were tempted many times to give in to despair. But to an amazing extent, they, like Jesus, relied unfailingly on the scripture that they knew and loved so well. With the adoration of Salvador's Bible and their highly unvaried diet, they fulfilled perfectly the old scriptural dictate, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lucio, Salvador, and Jesus survived because they loved each other. They took care of each other, and they forgave each other. They had faith that God would save them. They prayed and they read their beloved scripture. And they accepted the gifts that God had given them, not only the rainwater, the turtles, and the fish, but the whole wilderness experience itself. This floating wilderness trek encapsulates for me not only our every Lenten experience, but life itself. We 
We all set sail having no earthly idea how long the voyage will be and who will survive. We were all given gifts that we do not want to accept. And we all find ourselves on the boat with people that we find frustrating. In our lives today, both personally and collectively as a country and as a faith community, we find ourselves in a wilderness where love and compromise do not seem to be winning the day. We find ourselves lacking in compassion, and we are so tempted to speak from the pinnacle of the temple. And yet we don't seem to be able to come up to the level of Lucio, Salvatore, and Jesus, let alone Jesus. But if our Lenten journey seems to magnify rather than to shrink our faults, then let our journey of Lent be a journey of learning rather than perfection. And we can take comfort in the words of another Christ-like sojourner. As Mahatma Gandhi said, my failures and imperfections are as much a blessing from God as my successes and talents, and I lay them both at God's feet. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.